0: I just feel like every day I'm like boomerang multiple emails. And so multiply that by 365 days. And let's say I do three emails a day. That's roughly a thousand emails a year. And then, you know, what is it? 50 bucks. Um, So I can't do the head math right now. So I'm going to crunch some numbers. It's like five (laughs) cents an email to boomerang. It's, I think it's pretty worth it to do. Hey guys, welcome to Product Explain, a show where we talk about products and the company's history and strategy behind them. I'm your first host, Jeff Lee.
1: And I'm your co host and co captain, question mark, Mike Alcazarin. Uh, Jeff, <laughs> what are your thoughts on Inbox Zero? And restated, why should emails never be in your inbox?
0: I hate emails and I love the concept of Inbox Zero. I think maybe it's because it gives me anxiety when things are waiting for my attention and I need to get things done is what it tells me and badge yep. icons give me a ton of anxiety as well so yep. my ultimate goal in life is to like clear them out my wife I looked at her oh, no. inbox one time and it was just oh, no a mess it was like you know what I think about I think about like tornado alley when uh, like the tornado <laughs> goes through all these houses and there's just trash everywhere and your first inclination is like I need to help these people that's me in my inbox like <laughs> the destruction is when Uh, I see emails there that are just sitting there begging for help.
1: Just one quick quick thing, like to be super crisp on the definition of inbox zero, because I've actually like met people that say that they're inbox zero, but they don't meet my level of inbox zero. Inbox zero to me is like zero emails, period, in your inbox. Not like zero emails read, but like zero emails, period. Like everything's like been deleted or archived or filed out. Okay, we're on the same page then.
0: (laughs) And it feels really bad when there are things in my inbox that I've left for a long, long time. Uh, Today's show, we're talking about Boomerang, which is an email management system.
1: Yeah, Boomerang is a really cool tool. And as we kind of alluded to, I'm a total inbox zero freak. And what does that mean? Like practically, so practically, it means that I'm insane, but I I digress. (laughs) Uh, But I use my email as a to-do list. So if I have an email in my inbox, that means I have an action that I need to take. So You know, a lot of the times, like, I'll just email myself and say, like, hey, like, I need to do like these one, two, these are the three things that I want to do today. It's a common thing that I'll do. And then at the end of the day, I'll like, I'll archive it or delete it. But my logic for when an email comes in, and Jeff, I'm curious to hear yours, is that it either has two options. You can either mark it read or actually read it. And then the four choices after that is you can respond and archive that email. So you can respond to the person and archive it. Um, you can mark it as spam and and or i love that google has now automatic unsubscribe when you hit the spam button which is nice Um, the third is just archive it like i don't care Um, and then the fourth which is where boomerang comes into play is um i can boomerang it back to me and i can actually action this um in time so jeff is your definition kind of similar for or logic rather
0: except i don't even archive i just delete so (laughs) i just like straight up delete it and if i need it and 30 plus days and so be it. But yeah, I will like respond to people. And if I'm like, my hands are wiped clean of this, I'm just going to delete it and wait for people to respond back. And they'll just bring back another copy if I need it. So yeah, I just completely delete it. Oh
1: man, that gives me so much anxiety. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think I couple like inbox zero with some semblance of minimalism. Uh, and I just want to keep it like nice and clear. And I'm actually like, sometimes I'll put stuff into folders too. I think that's where... Maybe I might consider this like slightly differently than you than like where I might need this in the future for like a record or something like maybe like a warranty. And so I'll like mm-hmm. put this in like a folder called warranties, or I might know that I have some travel plans in the future and I'll put this in a travel folder. I might not need it to come back, but I'll need it for reference. And so every so often I might need to do some spring cleaning and go through my folders and clear out stuff that I don't need anymore. But yeah, that that's the only thing I might add to your your list of choices.
1: Interesting. Yeah. I pretty much don't delete anything, which is interesting, but I also don't have a folder system at all. Mm. I completely rely on search. And so that was like one of the big revelations that I had when I first started working professionally. Well, actually it was actually at Autodesk because like the first company I worked for, they used Lotus Notes, which is IBM's product. And that is absolutely hot garbage. I apologize to any one <laughs> of our listeners that if your company is still using IBM Lotus Notes, it was like the worst. And I was like so happy that Autodesk had Outlook. But I had a really complicated email folder system where I said, hey, if it was this product or this project, I would put it into this folder mm-hmm. um, if it was financing. But I couldn't ever create a foldering system that was messy or like mutually exclusive, mm-hmm. collectively exhaustive. Or basically what that means for our audience that aren't familiar with that term, it's like I couldn't come up with the right bucketing system for my emails. There was always some sort of Venn diagram between the buckets. And then I got confused when I was searching. I was like, do I is it, did I put it in this one or what was I thinking about that one? Yeah. And then I realized that, you know, effectively, if you just archive everything, you can rely on the search function in Gmail or in Outlook to just find whatever you want to. And sometimes like if I know that I'm gonna search for this later, I'll actually like forward the email to myself or reply to the email myself and i'll just like type in like some search terms to kind of like remember like of like this is how mike's monkey crazy brain is looking like let me leave some breadcrumbs for for future months yeah
0: because sometimes the problem with search is like it's as good as you can remember so if you type in the wrong term that actually wasn't a part of that discussion let's say for example you had an email about bread and for some reason when you're trying to remember that email you don't think about bread but you think about toast, <laughs> but the word toast actually doesn't show up in that email, then you're not going to find that that search unless there's some other really crazy search logic behind the search engine. So that's where it gets kind of tricky where you might, in your case, like maybe you would reply back to yourself with the word toast because you, you might think future Mike would search for toast instead of search for bread. That's a weird analogy, but um, this is why to me, like having it at least in a foldered system puts it in these like big chunked categories and but you're right. Like sometimes I might be like, "Oh, I didn't find it here. I have to go to another folder." But hopefully, there's not like multiple options. It might be in a different folder. If it's just in like maybe this folder or that folder, I can just look at both folders. But if you're like this email could be in ten different folders, it all seem like it's equally relevant. That's where it gets hard, and search might be a little bit more beneficial.
1: Yeah, and that's one of the issues that I was facing. And also, like when I was trying like a foldering system, I was too anal about it, and so I ended up having to like I spent so much time thinking about which folder it should go into. I just like waste it. I'm like, just archive everything. Just have a super simple system. Mm. But I think it just goes to the point of like, whatever works for you, just just do yeah. that. But please, for the folks that have 356 emails in the red bu- bubble, just read them. Mark them as red. Because if Jeff and I see that, it, our anxiety levels are probably bubbling Ordinary up. Heart
0: attacks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: So like when I found Boomerang, you know, I think 10 years ago, and Jeff, again, it might have been another <laughs> product that I found because of you, but it, it's all this pain point that I had of like, even when I had my complex foldering system, whatever, I always had these persistent emails in my inbox that I couldn't act on. And so my to-do list was kind of like creeping up and getting longer and longer. And it kind of gave me anxiety to have like all these emails in there. So I needed to wait for someone else's input, you know, mm-hmm. to, to, get the email out. So I couldn't really do anything about it, or it was just maybe a time thing. Like I, don't, I really don't have the brain power and I don't want to work on this right now. So, or maybe it's not urgent right now. So I was super excited when you showed me boomerang and I was basically able to press this button of say, Hey, you know, boomerang this email back to me in one week. So with boomerang, you literally press a button, you select the date that you want this to come back to you. So like, let's say it's a week from today and it'll essentially remove that email from your inbox zero. So it looks like it's at inbox zero, but then boomerang it back to you at whatever time that, that you wanted it to. So I I love that. It's like super simple and I'm probably oversimplifying it, but it's just incredible for folks like me and you that are (laughs) inbox zero in terms of like how boomerang like works. Like they have a, plugin for Google Chrome as well as some other I think Internet Explorer as well and Firefox as well as a plugin for Outlook as well so you can subscribe to Boomerang for Gmail Boomerang for Outlook I unfortunately don't use Outlook right now or sorry don't use Boomerang right now because I don't think it's allowed on our company Outlook I think I I tried like 3 years ago so I'm definitely missing that in like my my work life but yeah are you are you still using
0: Boomerang I'm still using Boomerang for personal so that's where I use it primarily we also can't install it for work laptops because it's not an approved vendor, but we don't send emails at all at our, at our job. So it's actually fantastic. <laughs> Jeff, you uh, just blew my
1: mind. Can you repeat yeah, that?
0: <laughs> we don't send a single internal email, which is amazing. Oh God. Obviously you get emails for like, sometimes people will schedule meetings and send you an email. But other than that, there's yeah basically no, no emails, which is amazing. So yeah, um, I don't really need Boomerang for work, which is really good. But for, yeah, for personal, I still use Boomerang and I pay for Boomerang.
1: Wow. That's, that's fascinating. I think I'm still processing that you don't use email (laughs) because I have so many emails every single, every single goddamn day. But anyways, talking about the business model, I think it's a good segue. So the basic version, there's four versions of Boomerang. So there's basic, personal, professional, and premium. Basic is free and you get essentially 10 message credits per month. So you can, you know, basically (laughs) tell 10 emails to go away every single month and then it refills at the first of the month. Personal goes up to $5 per month and that's unlimited credits going up to the pro it's about $15 per month. And some of the added benefits there is that you can actually pause your inbox, which is super interesting. So you know that you're an inbox zero person, because that's, I think their target customer who we'll get to is you're actually able to, in the professional version, just to hit a button called pause. And then no emails will come through until you want to. So let's say like you need this giant chunk of time to work on something. So I need to work from, you know, 8am till 11am, your inbox is off. (laughs) You know, it's just like, you know, Boomerang will hold all the emails until whatever time you want it to come back to and Then you'll have everything all come at once. I really love that idea. I would love to have that feature just so I'm not like getting that instant distraction and you know, my monkey brain needs to turn it off and, <laughs> and act on it. So that's a really cool feature. And then premium, I'm not super familiar with because I've never used these features, but they have track by default as one of the added benefits. So I think what that allows you to do is just kind of like you set a default time and then also starts to, you know, optimize and create some defaults for you as you're extending like things back. And then it looks like this is more enterprise if I'm kind of like reading they have a nice nice handy chart where you also get some premium support as well as some toolbox and some Salesforce integrations with with Boomerang premium at 50 bucks a month. But yeah, that is Boomerang in a nutshell.
0: Let's shift gears to talk about how Boomerang came to be. So the parent company is Baden, like Mike had mentioned. And uh, that company was founded by a guy named Alexander Moore, which we'll just call Alex. Alex hated to deal with Outlook messages at the time. I think he was also somewhat sort of engineer and he was like, I spent more time managing my emails and replying to emails than actually doing like the actual job that I was meant to do, which is engineering. And he had a hard time keeping track of messages that weren't actionable, just like you. Hey, I need to think about this on Tuesday, or I expect a, a response about this on uh, the following week or whatever that is. Um, And it also tried a multiple folder system that didn't work. So um, (laughs) he had set out to kind of like build this side project and thought, hey, we this is something that people definitely need. So they originally built it on Microsoft Outlook because it had a pretty robust developer platform, but then realized that they themselves were using Gmail. And so they wanted to build a version on Gmail. And they built a Gmail version, which I think is probably their more popular version. Like Boomerang for Gmail was the one that really, I would say, like took off. In this interview with Lifehacker, he had mentioned that the hardest part was building a business on top of the solution, which for any any startup founder is going to be pretty difficult. And I thought they did, they did a really smart way of uh, going about this. So uh, they initially started with like kind of like a tipping mechanism. So name your price, which I think a lot of people are trying to do. Like if you build a smaller widget, they're like, hey, support. Us, um, we're like a one-man team or whatever. They found that 1% of the people that used Boomerang were paying for it. So they opted in to pay, which to them showed that there's some value. And then um, what they did was they looked at the histogram of the prices that the customers paid and used hmm. that to set price points, like a couple different options. Uh, and to, you know now you're mentioning that there's personal, pro, and premium. And so they did that and ended up tweaking that a little bit and got to their final prices of $5, $15, and $50 a month. So I thought that that was a really interesting way to get really scrappy about pricing. I think pricing is something that for someone like me who's never been to business school is like this black box. Like, sure, you can like adjust prices and do a bunch of experimentation and kind of find the sweet spot of revenue versus adoption versus blah, blah, blah. But this, the way that he did it seemed pretty really seemed pretty scrappy it was kind of like a really good way to set price but yeah just wanted to kind of get that quick history of the product Um, boomerang is obviously still operating today one other thing that i don't think we mentioned is that boomerang started to build out some other features aside from inbox return features one of the main things was this thing called like it says boomerang respondable which is a really bad phrase Hmm. but Basically, they used AI to determine how well your your email was. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So like, if I started to like reply back to somebody, like, "Hey, how are you?" I'm actually doing this now. Where is this going to be? Blah blah blah. It'll like pop up with some score about how respondable something is, and it'll tell you things like your subject length is like a nine out of ten. Your word count is in the low end, which is good. It's green. You've got two questions in there. Your reading levels at a two point six, which is a sweet spot, and there's like advanced features like positivity, politeness, and subjectivity. (laughs) So it kind of like rates using AI like how well your communication is, and it tells you how likely you are to receive a response. And I thought this was really cool because like back in a previous role that Mike and I was in, it wasn't quite a sales role, (laughs) but like it was a lot of relationship building, and so you wanted to make sure that you weren't harsh in your communication, or you didn't come off a certain way. I thought this was really helpful to just kind of have like basically like a built in proofreader to help you figure stuff out. And there are obviously other competitors that do something like this, like Grammarly is one that comes to mind uh, about like conciseness and sentence structure and how you're coming off. But I thought that this was kind of cool that they built it into an existing email tool on top of their email scheduling feature.
1: Totally. I forgot about that tool. That was so helpful for me to become like a better writer as well. Just coaching of like, you know, is someone actually going to respond back to this? Um, yeah. So that actually is a huge feature that I actually miss because I actually haven't used Boomerang in a while. I think it's a kind of good segue for like who the target customers are because mm-hmm. Google actually announced a, or launched a feature called Snooze in Gmail. So that's the feature that I oh. use for just using my inbox. So yeah, there's a little like time icon it's like the fourth or fifth icon on google chrome when you're in gmail and then you can press snooze and so you can either tomorrow next week or next weekend or the automatic ones that come up or pick a date and time so that's why i actually stopped using boomerang but i Mm. do miss that like readability because that was super super key to be able to identify but just talking about like who Boomerang is four. I think it's really interesting just to talk through like the number of emails sent, which is why it's fascinating that where you work, Jeff, there's no email, which blows my mind. But <laughs> in 2022, roughly 333 billion emails are sent and received every day. Now, humans are terrible at large numbers. Like this means the 333 billion means nothing to me. So was that like a thousand? That's like a thousand emails per American,
0: right? Is that math right? Yeah, three three hundred thirty. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Right?
1: Yeah, just yeah, So just about a thousand like emails per American sent and received every day. So like, that's like, you know, a hundred emails an hour, something like that. I don't know. I'm just like more than that, two hundred emails an hour. So that's just insane. So like just crazy amount of email that's happening every single day. I think one of the tricks here though is like, how do you monetize that? You know, it's like I, I go back to thinking about like the post office. Like the post office, it's super clear. Like uh, their pricing where you pay per parcel, <laughs> you know, it's been like mm-hmm. a rock solid business model, or well, maybe not rock solid. Cause it's like their whole finances are a disaster, but that's a whole different thing because they have to pay for retirements up front. But anyways, you pay, you know, forever stamp, you buy like 46 cents or 54 cents, whatever it is. And they they'll ship your parcel for you. So I think it's, you know, super interesting that you don't have to pay for each individual piece of email that you sent. It's just this weird digital thing that you, you don't really think about the cost because there is a cost to it. Like there is some server somewhere that's powering it. You know, your laptop's on and like someone else's laptop has to be on and and to send it. I'm sure it's like a tiny, tiny amount of uh, money that's being sent. But, you know, no one's paying for that. You are paying for it for via, you know, G- allowing Gmail to, Google rather, to, to read all of your emails and then send you optimized ads. So that's actually the the, the true cost there. But um, I think it's really hard to tell if Boomerang is successful or not. There's such a small company that I wasn't able to find any revenue details from Boomerang. I think this one company called grojo.com estimated that Boomerang has about $1.2 million in, in revenue. So that's a Fairly small amount of money, but I wonder if it's actually just you know Alex Moore. I wonder if it's just him because if it's just him running this, like that's an awesome like
0: yeah cottage yeah, business. Side business.
1: <laughs> yeah, I will gladly take 1.2 million dollars per year if that's what he's doing. And even if you cut that into like you know into a third, if he's got like three or four employees, like you're still making some some pretty good money. So uh, Jeff, like, what are your what are some of your thoughts here for you know what you would do to to grow revenue <laughs> if you were in you know boomerang shoes.
0: Yeah, I definitely think there's more than just him because anytime you see anything related to like account or customer service questions, there's no way it's just this one person handling all this stuff, I think. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, maybe he hires offshore or something like that. And some of this chunk of money goes towards that. I think the trouble here is that they're not offering anything else that's like game changing and everyone else is kind of caught up. This is where sometimes it's worth it to take a strategic risk and get ahead of the curve. But like you mentioned, like Google's offering the snooze functionality, which is similar, if not the same. And then Grammarly probably does a better job of respondability than uh, than what Boomerang does. So the only real way, in my opinion, to create another competitive advantage is to just start by introducing a brand new zero to one feature that nobody else is doing. Mm. Uh, and I think that's going to be co- like pretty difficult to do if you're a small operation. The one thing that I will say that Boomerang does pretty well is and this is just kind of like preferential and kind of silly but like if i look at the snooze feature you can choose exactly what day and time which is great you get that granularity uh but for boomerang you can choose like the morning of or two hours before or whatever and Mm. it, it uses some reference time based on some time that's like set up in your uh like in the email so like boomerang actually skims the email and is like hey Uh, If the email says something like, hey, we'll check back in on the 7th, you can actually look at the Boomerang app and select, oh, you know, Boomerang this email the morning of the 7th. Mm -hmm. So it's very, very specific. Whereas like using this news feature, you have to kind of everything's in relation to today. So it doesn't actually do any like smart reading. So like right now it says like later today, tomorrow, next week, next weekend, or pick a date and time. Um, So that's where like you have to do a little bit of extra effort. Uh, to pick exactly when it comes back. But, you know, kind of depends on if that $50 a year is worth it to you to kind of get that additional feature. That That's the only real benefit I see right now to Boomerang is that that, that portion of it is a little bit more intelligent. Totally. Um, what about you? Anything that you think that you would improve for Boomerang or like what would what would get you to use Boomerang again? I think if it was honestly, a,
1: like maybe it's just growing the sales team to focus on enterprise sales. Like if they could crack like more of the big companies and get into being an approved outlook plugin i think that would be super key i think one of the headwinds that they're facing there though is i'm just guessing is data and because boomerang it does have that smarts or the intelligence to understand like two hours before this meeting we're going to remind you this there's effectively like scanning like all of the emails because mm-hmm. that's the only only way to do it so i think that's like a headwind so maybe it's like they'd have to like and this is where like, if they're only making a million dollars a year, it's like it's hard to scale and make this type of investment. But you'd have to create some sort of like behind the email server solution that you could deploy at the enterprise level. And so but but, but then like you're probably taking venture capital money and then it's talking through like what's your acquisition strategy. And at that point, your acquisition strategy is like let's get bought by Microsoft and just get rolled into yeah. Outlook as an, as an Outlook feature. So yeah, that's, a, that's a where my initial head goes. Because I actually haven't used Boomerang in a while. So yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. So like just taking a look at it right now, I actually use the built-in email app for iPhone. And this is something that Apple's app doesn't have. Like it doesn't have some sort of like built-in email scheduler, even though it's like connected to a Gmail account through some, some connection. So that is something that I think could be really useful that Boomerang could help tap into. Like either having some... Like they have an app here, but I don't know, like there's something, I I feel like there's something that they could do on the mobile front to make this especially useful because I often find myself reading an email saying I need to boomerang this email. So then I have to go onto the computer, open up a browser and then boomerang it back. And that's just so many steps, right? Mm -hmm. So I wonder if we can just make that, that portion of it simpler to where I can just do it really quickly on the phone and that reduces the cognitive load for me. Um, and I don't have to worry too much about like doing all these extra steps to like get rid of this email that I don't want to deal with anyways. It just like, you know, helps me deal with anxiety a lot faster. Um, (laughs) totally. Cool. So let's talk about competitors. So because there's like on the pro side, there's like mail tracking. MailChimp is a competitor that came up. They obviously are mostly meant for sending out like mail, uh, you know, emails related to like leads and sales and stuff like that. Superhuman is another company that. Uh, I wanted to call out. They're more of like a productivity app and they do some really interesting things about um, supercharging emails. There's another company called Gmelius, which I haven't used too much either. There's one called Slack Remind, uh, or not a company, but a feature for Slack Remind. And I think this is where I first found Boomerang and I was really glad that Slack had this Remind feature where it would, again, like ping you again. Uh, for particular Slack messages, and that's super super helpful. And then we talked about it earlier, but Grammarly, where it kind of helps you compose emails, which is something that Boomerang also does. Um, Mike, I see that there's another competitor here that you added. Do you want to chat about that?
1: Yeah, just this company called Sanebox. You know, mm-hmm. before the show, I was looking at Boomerang and just getting like a review yeah. PC Mag, the website pcmag.com. Actually, called them the quote unquote like. PC Mag's best email productivity tool. I, have, I know nothing about the product other than that's what PC Mag said. And they rated SaneBox five stars out of five, as opposed to, I think, 3.5 out of five for Boomerang. And granted, this was four years ago. So mm. take that with a grain of salt. But it's a good segue into our thoughts. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think for me, um, this is going to be pretty, oh, man, this is tough. Cause I don't want to trash this. Cause I love boomerang. I love like what it was when I used it, but I just haven't used it before. So I'm actually going to call it like a 3.4. Um, yeah. I think like some of the spots where it really, you know, lost, lost me is I couldn't use it in outlook at my current company. And I also remember that the mobile interface was like struggled. Um, I struggled with that, but you know, looking back on like my experience with it, I absolutely loved it. And it was so crew, like crucial to me, like, you know, just increasing my productivity and in, in, in email capabilities, and also I, I, I forgot about that ranking where it like it kind of coaches you on the r- responsibility. Um So no knock to you know what the product was. I think it's just the whole entire market has uh, evolved, especially yeah, now that right. Google kind of cannibalized that feature or cannibalized a ton of the market segment by just building the feature into into Gmail.
0: Yeah, Um I'm going to give it a similar score of like a three point six. I think that. This is really tough for me too because I think Boomerang really solved a pain point for me and I have a little mm-hmm. bit of a nostalgia for using Boomerang and I'm still using Boomerang today. Um, but what I didn't realize until you mentioned today is that this snooze feature gives me like 80 or 90% of what I'd want out of Boomerang. Like I don't really use the respondability thing too much. I also have Grammarly. So I might look into how different, you know, the free version of Grammarly is versus Boomerang's respondability. Um, oh no, and did, is did I just lose Boomerang a customer? <laughs> And is it worth it for me to pay $50 a year to have the slight difference in how I'm rescheduling? So both of them do rescheduling, but boomerang is a little bit better, a little bit easier to reschedule. I don't have to think about when do I want to reschedule. I can just, I usually pick like morning of for like a lot of stuff. So I think that I definitely boomerang enough emails to justify the cost for me of $50. But I might want to try the snooze feature for like a week or two to see how painful is it really. Because right now in my head, I'm like thinking it's really painful to like search and pick for a specific day. But maybe it's not. Uh, and we mentioned this a couple times before. Like I've gotten to the state in my career that like any sort of productivity win, I'm happy to throw <laughs> some money at. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I just feel like every day I'm like boomerang multiple emails. And so multiply that by 365 days. And let's say I do three emails a day. That's roughly a thousand emails A year and then you know what is it 50 bucks um so i can't do the head math right now so i'm gonna crunch some numbers it's like five (laughs) cents an email to boomerang it's i think it's pretty worth it to do just to not worry about the headache of picking the particular time i want to boomerang this email back so yeah i think it's definitely worth it for very specific people like you and i who like zero inbox who have some disposable income that think it's worth it to kind of clear out this mind space but again i think that a lot of people are doing the things that Boomerang are offering for. So to me, it's a little bit of a commodity now. Um, that's why I'm giving a 3.6.
1: Yeah. Well, hopefully we didn't lose a customer. So we'll, we'll report back, Boomerang. <laughs> um, cool. Those are our thoughts on Boomerang. And, you know, we'd love to hear from you, our audience. Give us your Inbox Zero tips and tricks. We want to hear and understand what you all do to, you know, stay productive. Because Jeff will spend more time searching for productivity tools than he'll save on productivity tools. I will do the same. Yeah. So um, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll crowdsource this from our audience. But, you know, please continue to reach out to us. You know, we love engaging with everyone on Instagram and Twitter. You can find us at products podcast. That's P-R-O-D-E-X podcast.
0: Yeah. And if you like the show, be sure to like us and subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Good Pods, et cetera. Leave us a review on there. It helps us a ton. And let us know what products we should review next. See you next episode.